What's the big deal? So do another sin, be with me. Anyways, what is it worth? Tries to convince him, which is coming from a very dangerous place. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is the Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom of Rocha. This week I would like to share with you an idea of building on an idea we spoke about last week, connecting it to this parsha, Parshas Vayeshev, and Emir Hashem, connecting it to our voido in this Helege Chag coming up, Chanuk. We know that Yosef at one point was sold to the Egyptians and eventually was bought by Potiphar, and he had him as a servant in his house and everything he did he managed to succeed because Ruach Hashem was helping him with everything he did and at one point Potiphar's wife she tried to persuade him to be with her and at one point it got to an extreme point where she actually held to his garment as it says she caught him in his garment and she tried to persuade him and push him to be with her. but Yosef what did he do? he said no there's no one. This, my, my, the person that's in charge of me, your husband, he gave me everything. He trusted me with everything. The only thing he didn't give me is you. How can I do this to him? That's the pshach. I'm going to share with you what the Nesivas Shalom says, B'Shem is Rebbe, the base of Rom, and he says the following. He says, Adrosh, There's a lot more depth to the regular story we, we're all aware of. Beged, the Gemara already tells us in the many Midrashim about this, Beged is the, the same letters as live God, to betray. Eshet Potiphar was hinting to Yosef and telling him, you betrayed Hashem several times already. There are many sins you did. In brackets, I'm wondering which sins he's talking about perhaps is it's the fact that he tried to play with his hair and he told this the Gemara tells us he told on his brothers etc whatever the sins are could be that it's not even true that he did so many sins but she made him think that close brackets she, she, said, she said to him what's the big deal so do another sin be with me anyways what is it worth what, what, are, you, what, what are the mitzvahs worth what are the averas worth if you refrain from doing an avera he tries to convince him which is coming from a very dangerous place even though we know humility modesty is a very important value, one of the most important values we have. However, there is something that is called anavapsula, which means misused humility. If a person is looking at himself as if he has zero self-worth, he doesn't love himself, he doesn't hold of himself, he doesn't think anything he does has any value, that's very dangerous because we know that everyone, especially a Jew, everything he does has huge value. Even his thoughts, for sure his action. We know the whole world continues to exist only because of Am Yisrael, their Torah and the Mitzvah. But she tried to belittle that. And what did the Psukim hint that he said to her? So Bapshat we said, he said to her, your husband gave me everything, how can I do this to him? But, says the Beis Avram, there is the words that he said is there's no one here bigger than me which means this is the healthy gaiva, Jewish pride, self-worth. He said, I am worth so much here. It's not matim for me to do an Avela. Everything I do has a huge ripple effect in all the worlds above us. And that is what continues to bring Shefa down to this world. How can I do this? It's not matim. And it's thanks to this Jewish pride, this healthy gaiva. Usually we associate gaiva, haughtiness, with a very negative trait. But there is, as we know, Chazal tell us, eighth and an eighth, shminis shibashminis of gaiva. And hence, we learn from here the important combination, if you do it in the right way, between being a humility, but a healthy, healthy humility, not one that makes you think that you're worth nothing. Hafuch, quite the contrary. You know that everything you do is worth a lot, and that's the healthy gaiva, the healthy pride, the Jewish pride, to realize 
what we are worth and that we're close to Hashem and what we do has a major impact and we're close to the King of Kings of all kings. On the other hand, of course, it's important to realize everything we have is from Hashem. Where do we see a similar idea? I saw Mordeke, deep idea with the episode of Moshe Rabbeinu, the first time HaKadosh Buhu comes to him, and that is, we know, with the scene with the burning bush. That is when HaKadosh Buhu is about to tell Moshe Rabbeinu, I would like you to lead the Jewish people and take them out of Mitzrayim. So how does HaKadosh Buhu appear to him? There's a burning bush, the ukal, which means it's burning. But the sne, the bush is not getting consumed. So everyone knows what happened over here. Moshe Rabbeinu realizes something is out of the ordinary. It's not within nature, boundaries. To have such a thing happen. So he comes and realizes there's Kedusha there, the Shechina and the Kedush Buchu, then has a dialogue with him to try to convince him to lead the Jewish people to go to Paroi, the king of Egypt, and to persuade him to take the people, the Jewish people out of Egypt. However, that's the Pshah. I would like to share with you a drush I saw. Shem, a friend of mine, Rabbi Wilk, told me he saw the following. I don't remember where it was. And he said a beautiful idea. You know what the bush represents? The bush is a very, very low, low, it's very low, and hence it represents humility. And the fire that always rises up fast represents the opposite of humility, gaiva, haughtiness. Moshe Rabbeinu, we know, the Torah tells us he was the most, he reached a very high level of being, of, of being very modest. Anav mikol adam. And he wanted to stay that way. HaGadosh Buhu knew that he would be very hesitant to take on the role of being a leader. When you're a leader, of course you have arrogance. How can you not have arrogance? You're in charge of everyone. It's almost impossible not to have that trait. And hence, Moshe Rabbeinu, HaGadosh Buhu knew Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be hesitant and perhaps would not like to take the job of being in charge of the Jewish people. And as we know later on, Moshe Rabbeinu gave a difficult time to HaGadosh Buhu. He didn't really accept it straight away. So HaGadosh Buhu already before tried to hint to him that it's not necessarily a contradiction. You can have gaiva, which was presented by the fire, or roll that screams out a bit of gaiva, but if you channel it the right way and you realize everything's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then that gaiva is not going to consume your midas anova. It's not going to affect your level of humility because you realize you're just doing a job and that's a job Hashem gave you. And hence you can't feel good about it and say, oh, it's all me. It's not all you. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're just doing your job. That's what you were put in, in this world for. As we we always say you have a certain job in this world and you're doing the job you can't be oh i'm all good because i'm doing my job say thank you you got an opportunity to do a job to get seydaladel for the world to come so you'll have nourishment for your neshama for the eternal world and that's what hashem was showing him so you see despite the fact that you're gonna have a tafkid a job that's very important, very chashu. Yet, that doesn't necessarily, if you have the correct frame of mind, it's not going to consume your midas anava, just like it didn't consume the bush. And Sivis Shalom brings a story that happened with the Basai. There was a famous earthquake several hundred years ago in Sfas, and everyone that was with the Basai in his shul was miraculously saved. He later on explained what happened. He said that he called everyone in and he said, whoever is here, please lie down quickly. And they all lay on the floor, including himself, and they were miraculously saved. Someone asked him after, what happened? Ha! And he explained, I'll tell you what happened. I realized, I realized that what was happening was not natural. I saw. Now, I don't know if he visioned in his mind because HaKadosh Buhu sent him a message or he actually physically saw that rocks were falling in a not natural way. Instead of falling from going downwards with gravity, they were going sideways. He said, I realized these are, this is the Sitra Acha, the Koach of the Tuma, the, the impure Koichas in the world. And he said, and this is based on what we said last week, he said, I realized that if it's coming from there, if you have any level of arrogance and you feel like, oh, I'm important, then he can latch on to you. But if you say, like we said last 
several times ago to get out of Ein Hora or out of Midas Adin. I'm nothing. Every, I don't deserve really anything. Everything's from Hashem. There's nothing to latch on to you from the Tuma, from the Din. And hence he said, I told everyone to lie down, representing this idea. We're nothing. We're nothing. We're on the floor. And that way he wasn't able to... This tumal, the sitrach, I wasn't able to get a hold of. And with that, I want to say this very important idea. One could ask and challenge this idea. What do you mean? On the one hand, you're telling me there's something that's called humility that's healthy. And of course, humility is healthy. There's one, one, there's humility that's not healthy. Misused humility, which is to say, I'm not worth anything. So I'm, so we're saying, no, that's not good. You do have to have a bit of self-worth. It's very important to realize our actions were close to HaKadosh Buhu, to the King of All Kings. It has a huge effect. On the other hand, we're saying, that gaiva is a horrible thing. What's going on? So the answer is that in the world of materialism, gashmis, it's true. If each was a value of its own, it's contradictory. How can they live together? Am I supposed to be a humility per, a, full of humility or arrogance? It doesn't go together. It's a contradiction. But if we realize we're in the world of spirituality over here, and the theme, everything in the middle, the center of our circle is to be supposed to be kilvas elokim. That's the most important value. How do we do that? By learning Torah, by doing mitzvahs, by realizing why we're here and realizing we have a job over here to make Hashem's name known, to try to mimic Hashem's values as much as we can, midois, then nothing's a contradiction. Depends on the situation. Depends on the frame of mind. If you have the frame of mind that you realize everything's from Hashem and the only reason you have self-worth is because you know HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you that opportunity to affect the world, to keep the world going, then everything's fine. There's no contradiction. Everything is to get to be Oived Hashem, and it'll be evident to all that Hashem's running the show and is doing us, Hashem is toivimati for us to be able to continue the world going and on the way get us for the world to come. What did the Yevonim, the Greeks, try to do? They tried to only give us the faulty arrogance. Ah, that's what they represented. No pnimius. No spirituality. They totally negated that side. Everything about them was the human body, the games, the intellect, nothing had to do with spirituality. And that's why they wanted us, but they want us only to appreciate the body and to disconnect it from what life is all about. And that's why we know the difference in Hanukkah and Purim, Purim, they just want to get rid of us physically. And that's why the holiday is more physical. It's eating, it's giving mishloach manois, etc. But Hanukkah, they try to get rid of us spiritually. And that's why it's represented by the Pach Hashem and Ba'as lighting candles. We realize life is all about spirituality. And that is healthy self-worth pride. That we are so, we're so, we, we got such a matana from HaKadosh Buhu that we're connecting to Hashem and we have such, so many ways of connecting to Hashem to live life in, in a spiritual sense, which is what it's all about. And even something that's physical, we elevate it. We elevate it to become spiritual. And Hanukkah is a time, we take time out to realize, we're moidit HaKadosh on what? On the fact we have such an opportunity to be close to Hashem. And all the miracles Hashem did for us is all for us to connect Hashem and to grow and get kirvas elokim litov, as David HaMelech says. And you know what's so beautiful? What represents this idea? Yavon. Their letters in Lashon HaKodesh, they're all just lines. Yud, Vav, Nun, Sofit. Screaming out, we have no pnimius. All we care about is chitsonius. And we know that is what Yavon, the Greeks, that is what they represent. You look at history, you see, that is the only thing they represent. And we're exactly the opposite of that. And that's why we fought against them, to remove this way of thinking. We have to make sure it doesn't enter into our homes. That in our homes, everything's about Yiddishkeit and spirituality and getting closer to Hashem and being like Hashem's Midois. I want to end off with a cute 
cute idea that I once heard that we know, yes, we have to do ishtadl, we have to do effort, but we should never make the mistake, like the Greeks try to make us make this mistake, which it all depends on you. Are we going to wear the war or not at all based on how much effort we put in? That's not true. That's the Western culture. That's the Greek culture. We know that, yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that we have to do Ishtadl since the Chet Adam Arishon, but that's the curse that we have to do Ishtadl. But well, we do a little bit of Ishtadl because we know the outcome depends on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, famous Reb Chaim Shmulevitz that says, If you work, then you should believe that you'll find. What do you mean you'll find? I worked hard, then that's why I was able to, to meet the goals that I'm trying to get, to achieve. No, says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. It's called Matsata, you found, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you did find it, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu let you find it, like a Metziah, when you find something outside on the street, Hashem gave it to you, don't think, it's because you worked hard, yes, you need to work a little bit, you need to do your Ishtadlus, but at the end of the day, and that is, what has to be in front of our minds right now, and that's what we see, this cute idea is in the dreidel. Why? Famous game on Hanukkah is spinning the dreidel and trying to get it to land on a certain letter, Gimel usually, which represents Gadol, a big miracle. And we all know that it's not really, it doesn't really matter how strong you, you spin the dreidel. There's all, you don't know what's going to be the outcome. Yes, you have to spin it to have an outcome, but it doesn't matter how strong you spin it. All about that at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will decide if it's meant for you to win to get that letter. Have a good job, good Shabbos, and a meaningful Helege. This concludes another episode of the Prism of Terror. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Veffa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation on the Prism of Terror.